Okay, we're and we're back. It's been a brief hiatus, about a year since our last upload. What what was going to be a week long break turned into a two week break, turned into a month long break, <clears throat> and then somebody asked if like we still understand what podcasts are because we haven't been anywhere new. So, Matt Mitchell, how are you guys doing? Happy twenty twenty three. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And to all those people who ask that, we say the Duran show is never late. Yes. Nor is it early. We publish podcast episodes precisely when they need to be published. Yes. <laughs> Although I do think the final straw was on Sunday or Monday. Um, I got a YouTube notification that the uh, last alliance of noobs and men, the Australians, they were doing a uh, a content review of all the publishers and so they were going through from zorp Zorp to like everybody into the west everybody and so i was like oh, okay i'll just see where the durin show is and i i'm watching i was like no durin show so i was i was going on the chat it's like what about durin show and they're like you need to upload to be on this chat and i was like <laughs> <laughs> all right well oh, <laughs> like, awesome. upload content it's like, yeah. all right fine that's it so it appears shame does work yes <clears throat> Yeah, we had a lot of grand plans for the 2022 year in terms of battle reports and everything we we're going to do. And I think I kind of put a wrench in the monkey wrench and um, at least a bat rep because I moved away uh, from where Mitchell is. Um, so we didn't have the <clears throat> the ability to kind of do weekend battle reports. And anytime I saw you, Mitchell, we were like playing at a tournament. So we did play a lot of tournaments in 2022. A lot. We had a lot of events. I'm sure we'll touch on them really quick. Uh, we did a lot of hobbying. We did a lot of new armies, new army builds. <clears throat> we just didn't record or document any of it. So mm -hmm. if it didn't happen, right? But well, man, we what... tried back in March mm -hmm. and it, it failed. We did. We tried. So that, that's actually a, <laughs> we had like a two one third episodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we had a lot of partials that just never got edited. But uh yeah, what, I wanted to do like a quick recap of where, like, what happened in 2022, where where we went specifically, because I know we did a lot of gaming, we did a lot of traveling for gaming. So I had a couple I was trying to write down, I'm, I'm sure I missed one, but I know in last year, uh, Adepticon, I went to that, you guys bailed on that one. Then we went to Philly in like the summer. Then we went to, we'll, Two -thirds we'll of come us back to Philly. it. Two -thirds, yeah, Mitchell, you bailed on Philly. Yep. But then we all went to D.C. Yep. And then we went to Portland, I think, two or three times, all of us. I don't know if we all. I think, Matt, you went once or twice. Once Mitchell, once. you and I, I think, I think, Mitchell, you and I had three events down in Portland. We had the one big one in uh, Vancouver, Canada. And I think that was the last event that we you went to. You guys had two events in Seattle. You had the battle for Yeah, we had. We had two events in Seattle. <clears throat> And then I went we had to two, one, I think very six. Go ahead. Oh, I just said I went to one last event in Portland, or just me, uh, at the end of the year in November. That's right. Yeah. So Portland, Portland was popping in 2022. And you guys, the Seattle events, and not Nova Open, you did LVO in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Last January. Oh, that's right. That was in January. Yeah. So that may we, have been we did our a last lot of episode. Traveling. Ooh, is that our last episode? <laughs> that was our last episode, was LVO recap. Yeah. 2022 was a very fun year for for playing games. I I had a lot of fun. I a couple maybe a couple highlights, just a quick highlights, your guys' perspective from those events that you went to. I'll start off with the Battle of Smog. That was so much fun. That was my first time ever TOing an event completely. 
it was a super small, I think it was, was it 400 points or 300 points? It was something very, very, very small. Boards were cut in half, so your terrain was smaller. We pumped out five or six games in a day. It was single elimination tournament for like the grand prize model smog. It was so much fun. We had a bunch of people show up. I think it was 26 or 27 people came and played the whole day. Um, had a blast. I absolutely want to try in 2023 to do something similar or at least different than the store, the normal tournament format, Swiss pairings, shaking it up and having something nuanced. I thought it was a blast. Yeah, the Swiss pairings honestly is fun. It's great for doing tournaments, but your uh, Battle of Smog, that was probably like a lot of fun because when I was in it, I was in it and I was trying really hard. And as soon as I was out, you know what? I'm just going to drink a lot and have a lot of fun. So it was, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, there was a lot of very grumpy rounds where people got eliminated. <laughs> you kept playing even if you got eliminated. The loser's pool was very melodramatic. <laughs> yes, we were all having fun. We're throwing shade at the guys who are still trying, making fun of them. <laughs> fun. Uh, so highlights. Any any notable mentions? I've got several, but I don't want to take have, all of the space. I have two very big highlights, and honestly, this was really really great for um, not only for us gaming, but also for like the podcast because I was super hyped not only after Adepticon I was super pumped after you went to Adepticon for obvious mm -hmm. reasons but after Clash on the Coast as well those are two really really major 50 plus player events that I was super pumped because normally we keep recording we say I'm like oh yeah yeah we can do this we can do this and you know think about it. well now <laughs> we have the accolades to go with it I think well you two do two-thirds of the podcast has <laughs> something to do. I know you got to step it up, Mitchell. I know, I know. <laughs> As Matt that said earlier today, Matt said, told me earlier today, some people are born to be champions and some are just not. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like such an asshole even just typing that. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's worth it. <laughs> but it was good. So I was like, yeah. So, Marcus, it's a, it's a good segment. Congratulations on the Adepticon gold. Thank you. Thank you snuck it out by one i think it was one victory point um one victory point win i keep getting flack on facebook from george because <laughs> he beat me round one like pretty badly <laughs> it was 12-6 and i ended up beating him by one victory point overall he's just like hey how does that work yes <laughs> the moral of the story get major victories <laughs> yeah yeah, that's and true. then Matt, you won. We had <clears throat> everybody knows Adepticon. That's a big. That's a big tournament that's been around for a while. The cool part was Clash on the Coast, biggest event on the West Coast. I'm and sure there's Canada. some sort of and, and in Canada. Event in Canada. Yeah, Max from the the West the West Coast Hobby Hobbits group put that on. 54 players playing both days. It was <clears throat> well, 54 players showed up to day one. I don't know if all 54 played day two. It seemed like they did. It was a packed house. Um, great, great event. Super fun. I know we planned a lot for it in terms of building our armies. I tried to defend the Durin show by taking Durin up. Didn't do so well. <laughs> Finished, I think, middle of the pack. But Matt, you you took uh, the old gold medal on that one. Mm -hmm. Beating out all the Canadians and all of those Lothlorien armies. Yes, yes, the Sultan Lothlorien went down. Uh, 
Well, I didn't take Durin, but I took like an ancient relative of Durin. So Thror and Thrain, that kind of counts. So. Yeah, you yeah. took dwarves. I took dwarves. And the person that was supposed to originally take dwarves bailed and took some stupid <laughs> new army. No, Mitchell, Mitchell took Easterlings. Um, and we were giving Mitchell crap about not winning. Mitchell played on top table for, was it five rounds in a row you played on top table or close to it? And then you lost the very last game of the tournament. Yeah, I dropped lost in the very the... last game. I, I, took a, I took a minor win on the second to last round, which dropped me down to table two. And then I took a minor loss on the last round. So I dropped all the way down to fifth, I think, in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, you were, you were playing. Oh, outstanding showing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you were playing a lot of very, very high quality, high caliber players too. So <clears throat> during the tournament, we were all watching Mitchell's games with a lot of interest because they were usually very competitive. So I was, was just glad. I that, think we all did. I was, I was just glad that Matt won it because then I didn't have to feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're kind of in this spot where at least as long as some brother takes home hardware, we're all like, aha, I live vicariously through you. Exactly. I basically tell everybody that I want Adepticon. And I'm like, oh, no, that's like the other <laughs> Well, I a ham and one. Yeah, <laughs> I gave him a lot of advice, which he ignored, but I still didn't get some credit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so I think my, was... highlight, uh, my highlight for the year is I think if I counted it up right, either all of us or a combination of brothers played in 10 tournaments in one year <clears throat> together. So there was yeah. at least two or more in 10 events. And I think that's super cool. Because uh, we just need to fix the other two months where we weren't traveling for a tournament. And we just found that right. Yeah. You know, goals for this year. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And it's actually, we joke, but we've got something lined up for January. We've got something lined up for February. Mm -hmm. We've got something lined up for March. We've got something lined up for April if Mitchell schedules his Seattle tournament. And so yeah. <laughs> we're already booked four months into the year. We've got... Yeah. Las Vegas again, end of January. Mitchell and I are going. Matt, you're still thinking about this. We're trying to peer pressure you. <clears throat> We've got the um, Portland tournament. So Pat Bertoli is putting on a two-day event in Portland at the end of the month. Well, there's an important reason why also uh, to kick off this year, why this year is super exciting is because we have finally built the players between uh, the BC guys, the Seattle guys, and the Portland guys we have just started the West Coast Hobbit League. So now we yeah. have a league on the West Coast and it's super exciting. Um, we have a whole ranking system and everything like that. And Pat Bertoli is gonna be kicking off the two day event in, in February. So that's gonna be a major, I think that's gonna be a hundred point event essentially. Yeah, I can't remember the scoring system, but it's gonna be, hey, Pat's tournaments are always fantastic. It, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I think he's got it. If I remember right, he's got the points lined up to mirror Adepticon. So it'll be a nice little primer for Adepticon as well. <clears throat> so you can try some armies and stress test them. A bunch of people are coming down from Canada. I know. Uh, I think a few people are coming up from California. Obviously, the Washington crew is traveling. So looking forward to that. Adepticon, Mitchell is actually going to travel this year. Mm. Actually, tickets go on sure. sale in three days, I, I think. Seen anybody Tickets go on sale in three days, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. See. Nice. Yes. I'll buy one. So I'll have some. I'll have some uh, company for in Chicago this this year. That'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else? What else is coming up? Is that it? 
Um, just uh, we have, oh, we missed the big highlight of the year. How could we forget? The biggest, the greatest thing that happened to all three of us collectively in 2022 was meeting Jay. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was super cool at Nova. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Awesome. That was, that was really cool. Just oh, no, the biggest thing that happened, I don't know, but it was super cool. Super cool. <laughs> Clash on the girls, man. It's like, I won for <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Stand up, man. I, I won gold, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the only reason Nova spoiled is because I like uh, that was the uh, battle of opposite spectrums. I did very well at Clash on the Coast and not so well at Nova. <laughs> oh, that's true. But it was still super cool to like have uh, beers with Jay and Clara till like one or two in the morning or something like that. that was Completely fun. agree. Super yeah. cool, dude. Awesome to hang out. Awesome to see how much he's a fan of the game and everything that he gets to run. Yeah, that was awesome. He answered, he spent like two hours answering FAQs for us, random questions, debates that we've had on the, the podcast. I will say, except for two, we most of the rules debates we've had or the questions, the weird scenarios, we've ruled them correctly. Yes. And Matt's taking credit for stuff that I'm going to go back through the archives and see Matt answer differently, but whatever. Matt's, well, we Matt's all know I credit. answered different, the, the right way on the Condish Chariots. That was, <laughs> for those who remember... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for our Condis Chariot episodes where we were talking about uh, the crazy bulwark. All I'll Mitchell say was explaining is... that. No, 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 no. When Mitchell was explaining his logic, Jay literally stopped, looked at him, dumbfounded. He's like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. No, absolutely no. <laughs> well, and then lest, lest uh, Marcus get out of it too scot-free, he'd been doing this thing with the Dwimmer Lake where you could keep spending consecutive might to get love if he rolled a four plus <laughs> jay had similar comments it was like the twin like would be 800 points if that was true <laughs> i tried it i tried it one time it was just unfortunately against you <laughs> <laughs> one time hey at least marcus and i know how siege weapons work though <laughs> <laughs> that one i should no. ask him because i will win that one that's a burn because I lost my last game because I didn't. Uh, I lost my last game at Nova because I didn't know the rule for siege engines. <laughs> oh, so burn. That's the second burn, time burn. last year because at Vegas you also uh, flew your fel uh, Witch King on Felby. <clears throat> yeah, I learned. I learned a lot about siege weapons in 2022 at Las Vegas or at uh, at Nova. What really messed me up is the last. Um, the last scenario was. What was it? It was recon. So you're getting off the board. And the guy had a bolt thrower in the back of the corner. And they were like several things we were having to FAQ because the, the 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 play was a little bit weird. <clears throat> so we were constantly having to kind of fact check and like make sure things were right. But the one thing I didn't think about is um the crew moving away from the siege engine. I didn't know they had to stay within a certain range. I, I know that because I, I think of the mortar troll. I I should have realized that, but the ministerial crewmen on that bolt thrower they also have to stay within a range of the bolt thrower and i didn't know that and so <clears throat> trying to run away from people to get off the board and i could have run right by them because they couldn't come get me so whatever mm. All yeah. there's no better way there's no better way to understand and learn than to have the error or the mistake mm -hmm. cost you it's burned in your brain like Vegas and the Felbies coming in right in front of a bolt thrower and getting yep. shot to ribbons. Yep. All so, good lessons. Yeah.
<clears throat> what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk a little bit about Vegas, because that's fast approaching, Portland, because that's also fast approaching, and what armies we are working on for this year. Because I know we started it last year trying to kind of have a focus area <clears throat> or a idea that we wanted to kind of work on for the entire year and not keep bouncing back and forth. And for the most part, I think we we did pretty well. We tried, I tried the scouts, built the army, had, I mean, Adepticon was kind of a flashy thing, but the um, the overall record last year with the scouts, I lost one game in Adepticon. I lost one game in Philly. I lost two games at Nova. And I went undefeated at three different tournaments with them. Mm -hmm. So they only, uh, yeah, that's what's that, four losses, four losses and five tournaments with the scouts. So they played, they played strong. Yeah. Um, I know we've got a couple other focus areas for for this year. Matt, Matt actually stuck with his army choices last year. He almost failed, but he stuck with them. Almost. Well, I I did bail one time because like I did like a really small tournament in Dallas with you, Marcus, which we forgot to mention. We went to the Dallas Open. Uh, oh, that's super, right. Super small event, and I brought a last alliance. But other than that, I stuck with my dwarves combo all last year. I think. Good on you. But, yeah. But I spent most of last year, which is kind of weird for me, painting a single army. It, I painted, well, it's a last alliance, but it's Numenor and Rivadell, obviously. So I guess that counts as two. But I spent most of last year painting it, finished it, New Year's Eve. Uh, so that'll be my 2023 army. Nice. It's a very pretty. It's I don't know the name of the colors when it changes as you go through the light, but it literally looks like if a car was driving by, and it kind of goes under the nightlight and it changes completely. That's what your entire army looks like. Very cool. Like a purplish, purplish, purple, greenish combination. Purple, green, blue. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I think you can definitely tell by the color palette I chose that I was getting bored of Middle Earth Earth tones. So <laughs> I was like, in what world could we have purple in Middle Earth? Okay. It looks awesome, though. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> Very cool. Yeah, you guys got to check it out on the Instagram page. I think you've got the pictures. I actually was going to criticize you, Matt, because you you um you posted a few pictures to the Facebook, like well, some of the Facebook groups, but I don't think you've posted a full photo shoot of the army to Instagram yet. I haven't. I just did a video of Numenor, and then I'll I'll do something with uh, the entire thing together here pretty quick. But yeah, you're right. I need yeah, to do gotta that. show that off. <clears throat> so that's your army for this year, right? Yeah, Numenor, Rivendell, try... and Last Lands. Yeah, those two, and then as like a palate cleanser, if I do just for fun or just get sick of it, I will run the Bjornings because I think that's probably everybody's palate cleanser army for this year. It's so much. It's so cool. That is Mitchell. Was Mitchell showed up to DC before we did, and he was. Uh, playing games with Jay or watching Jay play. There was, I was a couple pre-events, and there's some like shenanigans of just movement and mobility. That army, it's all of a sudden, it's like, oh my goodness! Like I didn't know it could do that. <laughs> and when the board just gets wiped, it's like, oh, I gotta try this out. This looks fun. <laughs> it was pretty awesome to see Jay work it. And best part was, you know. I don't know how many times it happened over DC, but he would do something and the guy wanted to argue with him and then like 
shut his mouth. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, I'm arguing. <laughs> We're not going to argue with him. <laughs> but Mitchell, you got to tell him about the times you saw where they weren't smart enough to realize who they were arguing with. I think with. Marcus. Wasn't it Marcus who said that the guy came <clears throat> up to... Literally, I was literally, it was like game three or four. I can't remember in the middle of the tournament. Jay was a, a judge for, for Nova. And we were all wearing masks because of COVID restrictions. And, you know, would call a judge over and Jay would come over. And it's like, here's the rules question. And Jay would rule in my favor, mind you. Like, I was correct. The guy would be like, no, that's ridiculous. In the book. And he would just kind of do a double take, like what? And the first time, like this happened multiple times. The first time I didn't say anything. And by the last time, I was like, look, if you're going to argue with the rules writer, like, go over there and argue. I want to keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Wait, that's who that is? <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah. That was quite fun. <clears throat> so, okay. Palette Cleanser, Bjornings, uh, Last Alliance, Rivendell. Mitchell, you've got a lot of, of new stuff that's very recently into the pipeline. A lot of new stuff. Yeah, I, I did hit it pretty hard on the painting. Um, I finished my Easterlings. Um, so the Defense of the North came out last year, about like May or something like that, or April, I can't remember. Um, so I went crazy on that. Kind of because kind of went all in. I'm kind of the Easterling guy or whatever. So I went all in and I had a ton of fun. Actually, to this day, that's probably my favorite army I've ever painted. So super fun to paint all, not only all the new stuff. But you, you won best painted of, of the 54 players that went to Clash on the Coast. And there were a lot of amazing hobbyists. There were beautiful armies. Mitchell won. It was favorite display board. Uh, not to take away from favorite display. That's right. Nick won best painted army. Nick won best painted. <clears throat> yep. It, it was favorite display board. I don't want to take away from Nick's because his was also amazing. But I, yeah, I had a ton of fun painting that one, um, and I've been playing that like crazy. In fact, I'm people are getting sick of the emperor. I feel like tried changing it up a little bit recently and. Uh, mixing in a little bit of con flavor and I've enjoyed that quite a lot. So bring some chariots because uh, I've taken the emperor now to two tournaments. I didn't take him to Nova and that was my biggest mistake. I did not take him to Nova because I was like, oh, there's going to be like 10 emperors at Nova. No, there was Wasn't there only one or two? There was, like, it was there not was very two, many. There was two legions and one alliance. That was it. There was three uh, emperors total. And I was like, ah, I should have brought the emperor. Um, so I did bring him to the clash on the coast. Lost. I didn't, didn't podium. That's okay. I did pretty well. So then I was like, okay, I'll take him to Portland. Uh, lost. Didn't didn't podium on that one. Uh, actually, both, I did podium. Both ones playing for gold until yeah. the last game. Yeah. Both yeah. events. Yeah. But it was quite fun. So now I'm mixing up a little bit of flavor with Khan because in both of those games that I lost, I lost to D4 armies. And I'm <laughs> upset about it because it's, it's just D4. And I'm like, if I just had one chariot. So that I've been mixing that in a little bit. And uh, that's been quite fun. We'll see. I haven't played a D4 army yet. That'd be, that'd be really fun. <laughs> You'll never see another D4 army. Nope, again. I won't. Nope. As soon as I make that switch, you know, it's going to be all. Yeah. yeah. You know how it goes. We, we don't spend very much time talking about quote unquote metas. Most time, we, if we do, we're bashing the quote unquote meta. <clears throat> but there is such a rise of horde armies. Assault on Left Florian, I feel like, is popping out of the woodworks and it's. It's bringing a lot of these high count armies. And Mitchell, it would be hilarious if the next larger event you went to, you took your pure con, which is just all chariots, just to see who you could find. Just oh go, my gosh, just that go would be so much team. fun. If I just decide, like, I'm not shooting for a win, but I really want to destroy somebody else's tournament, that would be hilarious. 
But okay, I interrupted you. Go ahead. You so you. Oh no, that's good. That's pretty much in, just in, mixing up with Con. Yep, mixing it up with Con a little bit. Still play testing that. That was the front runner for LVO. It might not be now. It could still be what I take to LVO this year. But I was uh, a guest on the Into the West podcast, the Canadians. Um, and we were doing like this, uh, like as a little fill-in episode, we were doing a ranking of the Defense of the North Legendary Legions, and they threw out the Felbings of Merkwood, and I was ready to rate this pretty high. And they threw it like almost instantly into the meme tier or whatever, the bottom tier. And I was like, no, no, it's give it, give it some air. It's won a lot of events in the GBHL, I know. Um, champion by, you know, Will Champion has uh, run it a lot. And so then I was kind of looking at it. I was like, you know what? That might be my 2023 army. So I built it and I'm painting it now. So. I, I am also subject to this because the, the I can't, I can just blanked on the name. What's the name of the legendary legion? Uh, fell beans of Merkwood. Fell beans, that's right. <clears throat> so the fell beans, like, it seems like the last time I read it, all of the army, the legendary legion bonuses are based around giving all of the models hatred elves. Mm -hmm. And then the, the the general dude has got all of the hatred elves, and nobody plays elves in our in our area. Elves are not very common, and so it seems so one dimensional and so heavily invested on finding an elf opponent, similar to the the orc armies and their hatred men. Like if you find that matchup, oh my goodness! But Mitchell, you're you're finding some very odd synergies that are working well. The Spider Queen, everybody knows how effective the spider queen can be but all of the random movement the spiders the bats the cheap models it's coming together in a really weird way and i'll i'll preface this and i'll give it to you but we were talking like why did you buy so many warg riders and you had just you had just told me why you brought so many bats and you're like well a bat and a warg rider going in on something the warg rider is going to have a higher fight value and all of a sudden you're a strength four mount knocking something over it's like oh my goodness they both move really fast <laughs> and when you have that many disposable models that can go half high value, it starts to get really weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of weird movement shenanigans. You have um, bats that fly over the top if you want, or a spider queen that can deploy three broodlings and trap one model, or um, maybe just pull off a bunch of different models and because she has monstrous charges, knock it over. You have a combination because the spider queen's not your leader. So Razgush is actually a D7 three wound hero for an orc. And if he fight five with a strike, that's pretty good. If he fights an elf, oh my gosh, he's fight six in the Legion. And he uh, doesn't give them their elven blade bonus. And he gets plus one to wound. And every wound he does, does D3 wounds against the elf. It's like, okay, this this seems pretty good. You know, even even if you don't find, fight elves, I'm seeing it have potential. Because you yeah, still you get you really won a couple of games with it. One game, yeah, one game. I'm not going to go crazy on it, but um even if you don't get elves you still get woodland creature i mean it's i mean that's credit that's a pretty good bonus on most maps yeah i like woodland creature yeah so anyways i'm excited about that one it's kind of fun something to change up i i'm painting these orcs and i realize i have never painted orcs i think i've painted goblins mm -hmm. but i don't think i've ever painted orcs and it's interesting it's very interesting really you've yeah, never painted I, mortar or anything nope nope nope, nope. i don't I think never. mitchell's ever played an army that's had orcs until this I, yeah, I've never played Mordor. I've never played Angmar. I've never played. Yeah, this is interesting. I don't know why I am flabbergasted by that. Yeah, <clears throat> probably because he's played most armies. <laughs> like, how did this one fall into yeah, the I radar? I thought you had every army. I have them. I just haven't played all of them. 
<laughs> I don't have everyone, but I have a lot of them. But yeah, Mordor and Angmar and all that stuff I have for a while. I mean, I have like 36 Moranans from the starter box, but yeah. this, this looks interesting to me. Oh, do you have any other armies lined up for next year? Are you going to go all in on just one and then play backfill with Easterlings and other stuff? Or uh, You know me. I'm pretty hard set on um, one army at least, and then I switch it up like three or four times throughout the year. Like last year, I think I was almost for sure going to take the Emperor to Nova, and then at the last second I decided to paint up a Belrog and New Moria, and I took that to Nova. So it's like, eh, I don't That's know. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to try to stick. I'm enjoying my Easterlings a lot. I'm enjoying my con. And I think I'm really going to enjoy these fell beings of Mirkwood. So I, I'm going to try to stick to those for now. Yeah. We need to do, we need to do something of a, a tournament recap. Even if it's, even if, it, if we just start with the clash on the coast, since that's a recent, we have a good memory. And there are a lot of actually really fun games in that tournament. Mm -hmm. um, we need to do a recap which means we're probably going to miss Nova and you giving everybody PTSD with the three shatter shamans. Like <laughs> uh, we don't have enough time to get into the details today, but that's that stupid idea of taking three shatter shamans, a bell I log. I didn't do that to Nova. I did that for uh, Vegas. Uh, for, no for Nova, I took two trolls and a bell log. Oh, um, that's right. See, I'm already forgetting what you took to each one. Yeah. So yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of very interesting stories that that happened last year, but yeah. we we'll have to do a, a focused recap tournament recap for Clash on the Coast because that was that was a pretty fun event. It was it was a lot of fun. I think um, that would be a great one to review. We'll we'll do some catch up. We'll do, also do some uh, previews. I I think there's going to be content flowing quite a lot. Um, I don't know if we explained this earlier, but part of the reason why we've fallen so far behind is my fault mostly. Um, I uh, got started on a work project and it went like six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. And it went for like, it was supposed to be for like four or five months and it ended up being like nine or 10 months or something like that into the project. And I only just finished yeah. it in December. So now that that's all freed up, I finally have some time again. Content should be flowing again. How dare well, you try to improve yourself? I know. <laughs> I know. We're starting 2023 off right. We're, we're starting off right. Only four days in, and we are we're already recording. Yeah. Uh, okay. What am I? What am I focused on? So I am very excited this year. Besides for Vegas, because for Vegas I'm gonna take scouts. I procrastinated too much, and I didn't have enough time to build something new. So I'm just taking 750 to Vegas because I I played that. I, I I don't need as much warm up and, and play testing. For the rest of the year, though, I have bought the Bjornian army. But just like everybody else, I am very excited to play it. it looks like a ton of fun <clears throat> at, at any at any point level, really. I guess it can only go up to 800. Um, at any point level that it can manage, it looks super fun. But I bought two other ones. So Mitchell, you have a you have a, a point to make with your fell beans. Mm -hmm. I last year bought the Markwood Rangers army. I am convinced there is a way to play that army. There are so many tools and assets that, that make it so unique. I've seen it played a couple times, and it got wrecked. <laughs> and so I, I, I keep talking with the people who are playing it. They're, they're just, yeah, it's, it's only for fun, et cetera. Uh, but I want to I wanna paint up the models. I've got them all assembled. They're on my hobby desk right here. I want to paint them all up and get that army running. So that would be two. And if I'm super ambitious, my goal is to finish three armies this year. 
I bought um, Moria, and it's I, originally I bought all the stuff for Assault on the Thorian, and then I became uber popular and kind of lost its luster. I so I bought um, two cave drakes and a dragon, and I've got trolls because of Angmar. So I'm gonna start messing around with a monster Moria to see what can work. I, I've I've seen two cave drakes do really well. I think there's a there's got to be some synergy in there where you just start bringing super crazy hard to kill big toys with a bunch of four point goblins. So that's the that's the stretch goal for this year. I think you also bought the Moonmack War Leader, did you not? Yeah, I don't have all of the. <laughs> I started Harad. I don't. I built the Moonmack. I put it together, primed it. I haven't painted it yet, but I haven't. I don't have. Um, all of the troops or on troops. I've got all of the heroes, but I don't have the troops. So I do want to just point out, first of all, those will all be super fun projects, but every single one of those projects is like so hit or miss. You were either like, let's go. And the opponent is like over on the other side crying. Or <laughs> <laughs> like the Mumek, you're trampling their entire army or the Mumek gets stampeded off the board. Like it's feast or famine. Yep, I rage bought the Moomac because so many people were were uh, pooping on it, and it did really well at the big. Uh, it was Articon, right? The double yeah. Moomac went all the way to the last round, like on top tables, and so I. The war leader is so intriguing to me. There's so much potential. Again, feast or famine. I'll probably lose every game, but I will have a blast losing every game. And the I model like looks impressive. I've never had like the upgrade kit where you have the actual. Uh, guy on the front driving it. I've always just had the old school Mumak where I don't know what that model is with the weird eagle head. Uh, I very impressed by the war leader upgrade. That was super awesome. Yeah, it it does look impressive. It's just that little extra icing on the cake for that Mumak. Spice it up a little bit. Really cool. So, so throughout that, and I will not crap um, on any of them after giving you so much grief for alert to scouts. And then being wrong. So, you and several people, man. Yeah. Um, this is. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too far into it, like because we we were recording the the recap for Adepticon. We all got distracted, pulled away. But the best part of Adepticon is one of my games. I can't. It was the second or third round. I was playing this dude. It was Merkwood. And in three turns, I shot two hundred points off the board of his models. In three turns and then i did uh he was coming in i think it was one of the objective ones hold ground i think it was so he was coming in to close the gap with his heroes and he's coming engaged and i did the drum march and i just reversed the table on him and he sat there for two seconds he's just like i am going to go buy this army this looks like so much fun you just moved the entire board in one turn i didn't know that was possible <laughs> that's awesome it was yeah, so there have been a couple of people that are starting to play Lurks the Scouts now, and it's yeah, it's cool. So I we can start off just just generally. I don't know if you guys have any um anything on your mind. I mean, obviously armies projects, those can go really fast. I sometimes I power through an army in a couple of weeks, and sometimes one army takes me six months to finish. I, I'm hoping I'll be a little bit more consistent. Um and I'm excited for the league. Want to do well, want to do well, have a couple of good showings for the league. But um, any anything 
you guys have circle on your calendar that you're looking forward to specifically this year? Yeah, I do in general because it's kind of funny. Uh, where I live, I've been an admin on the Middle Earth group on Facebook, and it's like it did really well. Like we had battle companies groups and groups that would get together and play, and we got up to like the high, I don't know, maybe low to mid-teens of people that were regularly playing, and then it just dropped off the face of the earth. And it's been pretty sketch. And then, like, low-key, this dude told me, he's like, oh, you got to get on the Discord around here. And, like, there's, like, well over 30 people that are playing, like, all over the area, like, right by my house, on the downside. Like, it's crazy. So I've just found, like, all these people who play recently, which is awesome, and they're starting an escalation league which is their first foray into holding tournaments and stuff. So that's going to be cool. So I'm definitely circling that just to see an active group where you can go grab a game is awesome. Like I posted, awesome. anybody want to play a game? And I had like nine offers within five minutes. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm used to waiting <laughs> wow. two weeks for a response on this. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. You just found the holy grail of uh, hobby yeah. corners. No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Mitchell, how about you? I I don't know. I, I think I'm just looking forward to, if I'm looking at something specific, I think um, Vegas and Portland right now are on the calendars. But I think just in all general, the league, I really, uh, we've been traveling a lot for tournaments, which has been great. But it's been really also a lot of fun to play a lot of local events. And now these local events are meaning something. Um, I think, I think if you can string together a few games, um, I think that's the local stuff is going to be where it's at, honestly. And I think they're going to be must go to events. They're going to start growing and getting bigger and bigger. And yeah, I think that's what I'm most excited for. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I'm excited for people to actually start showing up to the Seattle events. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is the last couple of Seattle events, and maybe I'm conflating because my brain is that way today we've had people from Canada come down. We've had people from Portland come up. We've had people from California come up. Our, our Seattle events are starting to be very well attended. And I would also argue our, our core Seattle group has some fantastic players. So it's always a blast. And when you, when you start to get people from out of town show up just to play in a nerd game, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to grow a lot this next year. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it too. Although we haven't decided what the actual replacement for Battle of Smog is going to be. We have a date on the calendar of when the Seattle tournament is going to be one of them at least. There's probably going to be several. But we haven't decided what the what the unique event is going to look like. Yeah, prize and everything we'll like that, that format. We'll, we'll figure it out. We got some stuff coming. Win a 200 maybe, model army commissioned by Marcus. <laughs> I I prefer my grays, my primer gray and my plastic grays. Sometimes some metallics, unprimered metallics. It'll be great. I will assemble it to go to my No, party. get out of here. Your Lurtz's scouts looks really good. It's just has they to do. come in two models every week and a half. It's just the pace. Except for that week before Adepticon, I power through like eight soldiers. It was so stressful. <laughs> uh, Powered through eight. Hey, 
it was very stressful. Maybe in the 2023, we'll get some more bat reps too. We got to be uh, intentional oh, yes. about actually recording. When we travel, we, we had several instances where we all went to each other's places and we're playing games, but we didn't record anything. So we'll that have to, will we'll definitely have to change, change. Yes, that will definitely change. Um, it, it's going to happen. Yes. So. Yeah, because the video. Mitchell. Go ahead. No, I was just saying the video bat reps are definitely good. The, I, they didn't turn out as good as I want them. They, they, I'm thankful because they have the the views, but um, I think I, we can do better. We're going to improve each one. There you go. We learned a lot. And Mitchell basically built an entire studio in his house, and I'm sure you're getting grief for why it's not being used more. So we, we yeah. now have an excuse to come over and, and play some games. Absolutely. So I think I'll have a better setup too. Very cool. All right. Well, I'd say we, we cut it off here and then uh, we'll come back with more. I have episodes. an open topic I want to talk about. Oh, okay. Audible. <laughs> well, we, we agree to this one. So, where's my script? Topic. Open <laughs> yeah. topic. Yes. This was not in the agenda. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, it was. <clears throat> Strategy going into tournaments. Are you better off? going big and doing everything to make sure you win big knowing that there's potential that you might mine or lose or are you better off playing conservative because what i have noticed in this year's meta and i think my latest example is clash which worked out in my favor as we already know but there's all of these new quote-unquote meta armies that are not capable of winning big mm -hmm. if you play them right by design they are designed they're capable. That's a bad word. They're capable of winning big against the against a quality players, opponent. If you're yeah. playing decent people, you're going to have minor victories on them most of the time. And I personally yep. think that's why Assault on Lothlorien is not an S tier army. Uh, but is it capable of going five and zero? Oh? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If they're all minor victories, what happens? You get passed up. Mm -hmm. yep. So. Does that mean there's a problem with our tournament system? Does that mean that the tournament system balances out major meta armies? What do you guys think? Because this has been a big topic of debate. The only thing I've, I've really noticed um, over the last couple of years of playing in tournaments is when the match play guide came out, we all jumped to that scoring system of double VPs, and we all decided we hate it. I, I don't know about it. I, I personally elaborate. hate it. Elaborate on the double MVPs. Okay, so mean? like basically with the match play guide, it says that if you have double or more VPs, you get a major victory. And what happened was we saw a shift where these armies that can just barely squeak out a win and they win 1-0 or 2-1 or 2-0, whatever it is. Very well, more realistically, 2-0, 3-1, and 4-2. That yes. is like the biggest. And 6-3. That's like yeah, the biggest but, thing. But most of them we would see as 2 1 or, or 3 1 or 4 2, right? And they'd take major victories and they'd skip all the way and win the tournament. And not saying that that was wrong. I just hated, uh, I don't know about you guys, I took a 1 0 loss at Nova and I took a major loss on that. And that did not feel like a major loss to me. It was like barely on the last turn. I barely, it was either he was going to win at 1 0 or I was going to win at 1 0 and he ended up winning at 1 0. But it was extremely close, and I took a major loss on that. And I really, and I've, I've just had that happen to me multiple times. And I, what I've noticed is a lot of tournaments, especially locally, 
are switching back to the old scoring system. So for Max's event, I believe a major event, Clash on the Clash, Coast, Clash on the Coast, sorry, Clash on the Coast, I believe was win by five or more VPs is a major victory. Is what I thought he it was had four or more. more. It was either four, it was either or, four or, or five, five. or more. Yeah, four but, or five more victory points was a major victory. And what did we see? We saw all the armies like Assault on Lothlorien get a lot of minor wins. They were doing the four twos. They were doing the three ones, but they were not like going the 12 O's like Matt was doing with his dwarves. Yeah. Cause there's only a few people that were getting, I, I mean, after the first couple games, first, first couple rounds, a lot of people got 10 0, 12 but there was only a few types of armies after like round three that were still getting the eight ones, the 10 O's, the 12 O's. Um, Charles and his camels, Matt and his doors, Mitchell, your Easterlings did very well up until the very end. And yeah, it, the thing I, I am opinionated about is when you force, so I'm actually a fan of five. So having major victories, I can't remember if Clash was this way, but I, I played in several events where it was win by five or more victory points to have a major victory. So even four and down was a minor. When you have it that way, a major victory becomes so much more valuable, so much more important. But you also allow for people to rebound in the same tournament. Having somebody go through with just five five minor victories isn't an, an auto win. And losing a game isn't an auto loss. And it even doubles down more on the importance of when you're losing and you're down, how can you battle and fight for a minor loss versus a major loss? All of these things were always important, but it just it feels like in the moment for me in a tournament, those become so much more important if you have that higher benchmark for what is a major win or loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. One thing I'll also add is at Nova, which had the match play guide scoring system, I was a part of one game, and then I saw three other games where people with high mobile armies and a banner, where their opponent didn't have a banner, just played the avoid game to win 2-0 and take a major win. I mean, that's yeah. garbage. I mean, now it's it's not garbage that they did it. They're using the rules. It's fine. But like a major win shouldn't be running away from your opponent and winning just because you have a banner. That should be a minor win. That uh, was my second yeah. loss at, at Nova. Yeah, I did not have a banner and I regretted it. But yeah, he won because he had a banner and I did not. And that was the second major loss. Well, you, could you have a banner? In the I could have, yes. I, yeah, okay. That's beside the point. I could have. But <laughs> oh. um, yeah, Jay gave me a lot of crap for that. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, true. I mean, it's fundamentals. Never not take a banner because of that. And I learned mm-hmm. that same lesson at Nova. I'll never go to a major tournament without a banner again. But I do think that adds to the point that the match play guide should probably be okay that it's double as long as you score three or more VPs. I would I would be more aggressive. I'd say double or more victory points as long as you score four or more at a minimum. I think you've got yeah. to get to four victory Otherwise. points because that means you've won two as long as I'm not messing this up, four victory points means you've won two parts of the scoring, right? Because most objectives are one and two, one and three, two and three. Only the weird ones like assassination, where you score like, or Lords of Battle, where you score, you know, three, five, seven for one category. If you could score four victory points in something, that means you've you've dominated a category somehow. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and I think you also answered your own question, Matt. I, I think... The more tournaments I've played, the more emphatically I am just 100% opposed to 
two nothing is not a major victory. And it mm-hmm. it's I love everything about the match play guide. I love the pools. I love how people are interpreting new ways to select scenarios based on the pools, whether it's you know random rolling, replacing the pool, rolling the pool, and then you get to like you know each pick a scenario to eliminate. There's so many different ways to have a tournament with the pool system. The only thing I hate is that double or more victory point. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. 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 It, it also changes the way you play a game, right? I've noticed that too in tournaments. Like if, if you or your opponent is hugging a four one right now and you're, you're possibly about to give up a VP, they're just going to kite. They're going to play avoidance, right? They're going to protect that major win because they don't want to have you score either have them lose a VP and then you go up a VP and they lose their double. But um, if you go to the new scoring system or the old scoring system, sorry, where you have to win by four or five more VPs, they're pushing the pedal. Like they're putting the gas on the pedal. They're going for it all. And suddenly it starts to either go all your way or it's a back and forth. And I love the back and forth. Mm -hmm. I hate the, okay, I've got my two VPs. I'm going to run now. I just never, I don't like that as a play. Yeah, it just creates a negative play experience for a lot of different people. Which, competitive, maybe it's not about that, but anyways, interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Well, but it's, it's funny because I it happens in really every... The way, however these tournaments are going, and I'm glad Mitchell clarified my original comment, because it does matter if you go match play guide or old scoring system. But I think as we see more and more tournaments revert to the old scoring system, that's really going to impact the meta, because there's a lot of these new S s-tier quote armies that just can't rack and stack eight vps consistently against a quality opponent mm-hmm. i agree lvo is not using match play guide right mitchell um i believe it is actually but it does not have yeah. a scoring system Pure. on there it all it says is that they will be selecting pools from the match play guide but they don't have anything as far as i could see we need to go over this on the event pack for any scoring system at all so we need to look at this. I know Portland is not using all of the match play guide. The tournament point or the, the victory point tournament point is more old school. Mm-hmm. Adepticon wasn't match play guide last year. I don't think there was. So we got to look and see of all of the events coming up in the year. Are people are people using that pure match play guide? Or just the scenarios. And will that, and will that impact our armies? I think it will start impacting it, armies. I think we're going to have to. Yeah. You'll see Black Riders. I mean, Black Riders, I don't see it anymore. But when match play was really prevalent, that was like the most popular, I think, because they could run in, score yeah. their one or two VPs, and then destroy themselves and and win. Yep. The nerf helped, but now that people are also doing a separate uh, scoring system, um, you know, of the four or more, five or more, that definitely mm-hmm. goes away. AOL, like uh, what Matt's been saying, uh, just these weird armies that can, you know, just grind out a 2-0 win. Yeah. Let's look at that. We our next episode should be a prep for Vegas because we've got to go through the the match play guide. We got to actually build our list. I'm probably going to take something very generic from mine, um, but there's a lot to lot to look forward to. What's the yep. how many events? What's the games? What's the strategy? What's the thought process? We'll have to we'll have to break that one down. Mm-hmm. Good question, Matt. We will we'll have to wait and see if people. Okay, no, there's another one. Do you guys think um, Assault on the Thorin is going to get nerfed in the February FAQs? Because, yep. again, 
I, I don't think there's going to be any nerf. I honestly nope. don't. Nope. I'm doubling down on this again. I I was taking bets with Canadians that they thought for sure the Emperor was going to get nerfed. And I said, nope. I guarantee you that model is exactly how it was supposed to be built. It was not nerfed. And I'm guaranteeing again in February it's not going to be nerfed. And I don't think AOL is going to be nerfed, actually, because I do think the results are showing exactly what we're talking about. It's not actually winning. It's not winning. Yeah. It's not winning events. So I don't think it actually needs to be tuned. So I've played, I'm trying to think, AOL in four different tournaments this year. I've only lost to it once, beat it the other three. So I don't think it's OP. Mm. Um, it's a high skill cap, low reward army. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think it will be nerfed, but not a major one. It's just going to... My prediction is that goblins will still get the plus one to wound against them with shooting. They'll they'll change the night rules so that goblins can see further and can shoot 18 inches at dark. But if someone's shooting back at them, the, the opponent will get the plus one to wound against the cave dwellers is my prediction. That very well could be. Mm -hmm. I could see that. I could also see the night rule going away after like three turns or four turns or something like that. I've heard uh, predictions of that. I don't know. Just having it go away. Yeah, and I also predict I, that there will be an FAQ clarifying that if you have a lookout for a siege weapon with volley fire, that they can stand within 12 inches and communicate back to a siege weapon 12 inches behind them. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, think there's going to be any FAQ. Yeah, I was going to say what you said. Go ahead. I don't think there's going to be an, I don't think there's going to be any material FAQs to any of the armies that came out. And I also think Assault on Lothlorien is one of the coolest armies released. Similar to um, how I felt when the White Council came out, because it introduced so many new mechanics to the game. Assault on Lothlorien has a overarching, you know, trump card on the scenario. Like whatever scenario you're playing, it is <laughs> clashed by moonlight. That's a such a unique feature that we've never seen before and i think we're going to see more and more of those keep popping up with all the new army releases and after spending the weekend talking with jay and about him play testing about how he tests the armies and about how he thinks about the armies, how he releases the armies i'm starting to realize how little we actually try all of these ideas because we, we were talking to him about like well how fast did you balance and i don't remember any instance where he truly admitted well, there was one instance where he's like, yeah, we messed that one up. Uh, but there wasn't any any notable, you know, oh, we totally missed it on this army. It was, well, nobody plays the direct counter. And I think that was in his win when he won Articon with the elves and, you know, Gladfiel. Like he's proven a point of he's got so many checks and balances within the system that he built that counteract everything that's coming out and that's popular but nobody plays it. So like, again, the funny instance we were talking about, Cond and all of these, you know, higher number armies that are lower defense, you know, for mobility, for board control, you've got armies like Cond, where if you get hot dice, you can run over the entire army turn one. Mm -hmm. There's so many natural counters built into this game. We got to increase our repertoire of what we actually play. I think, I think we'll start to see everything even out. Mm. I also predict that Legolas's deadly shot will be FAQ'd, just for the record, since that's going to come out. I sent an FAQ in. I you know, it's not. Can you please clarify? Does Can you really please clarify? <laughs> that's what I said. I, I created this elaborate scenario of like, hey, I've got a question about Legolas's shot. 
If this happens, does he actually still hit on a two plus? <laughs> if Floyd <laughs> turns off Thranduil's crown, does Legolas' deadly shot still hit <laughs> on a two plus? It's be somewhere. No, 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 no. I added. It was is Floyd. If Floyd turns off the the king's crown on a Tuesday, <laughs> does Legolas' shot hit? Hey, that that is the one we should do to really be sarcastic. Finding out how much uh, the the FAQs bother some of the team members is if Floyd turns off Legolas's deadly shot, does it still hit? <laughs> 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 no, because the deadly shot is no longer. <laughs> Somebody needs to go open an email and send that we right now. Before yes, if Floyd disables <laughs> Legolas's deadly shot. Does he still hit on a two plus? I love that. I wonder what the answer is there. Is the deadly shot an active rule? Because he can only turn off this active is... or passive rules, right? I think yeah. I think that was the effects of wear gear or active or passive. The reason that would be so funny is there is so many FAQs that said deadly shot will always hit on a two plus. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be fun just to get one in there. Well, no, technically, if you turn off deadly shot, then no, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Sneakily, that's such a good idea. I'm looking a lot like this. Legless deadly shot. It's an active rule. <laughs> yes. We so Legolas does not hit on a two plus. <laughs> well, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. It needs to be sent in as FAQ. One of us needs to do this. <laughs> Just so that we can know that somewhere in England, someone is rolling their eyes. <laughs> I already sent in my two two plus shot, so it's one of you guys. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> P.S. This is from Marcus. <laughs> yes. Very <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, basically, we wrap it up here. We got a lot to a lot to cover in future episodes. A little bit more structured. Not, not as much to catch up on, but I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of um, rehashing, whether it's rules disputes, because I know we had several instances of interesting scenarios that came up from a rules perspective. We had several instances of very odd tournament situations, whether it be disagreements on how to play terrain, whether it be disagreement like like very fundamental disagreements about rules, um, written rules, uh, a new series on tournament etiquette, obviously tournament recaps. There's a lot, a lot that we have in our mind, um, and hopefully we'll be able to share some more regular updates on how we're progressing our armies as well. And I say that really talking to myself as like a way to to encourage me to not put out one duda one duda a month. <laughs> Secretly, that's why Bjornings were so interesting. There's only 22 models to paint. I can do it in two years. I'll be done. <laughs> Until you paint your first one, you realize how much details on that model, and you're like, "What have I done?" <laughs> I know. Oh yes, that's a good point. So all right, all right. Well, have a well, good night, everybody. We'll cut it off. Until next time, audience. We'll see you next year. <laughs> yeah, until 2024. Yeah. <laughs>